Welcome to the In On Health podcast. I'm your host, Kapama Yopala, and I go by KP. I'm very pleased to share with you that we have a special episode of the In On Health podcast with Lieutenant Governor of Colorado, Diane Primavera, and the Director of the Office of eHealth Innovation, Stephanie Pugliesi. In this episode, we'll talk about the aspects of state leadership around equitable innovation in Colorado and why the state joined the American Medical Association's In Full Health initiative. In Full Health is a program of the American Medical Association that provides resources to a wide range of organizations and stakeholders to support equitable innovation. Colorado is the first state collaborator in the country and very pleased to join this initiative. In this episode, we discuss why the state of Colorado joined the In Full Health initiative of the American Medical Association as a collaborator and how this supports the goals of the Office of eHealth Innovation in ensuring equitable innovation for all Coloradans. I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I did. It is so great to be here with you, Lieutenant Governor Primavera, and congrats on the re-election of the Polis Primavera administration. Before we dig into some themes on equitable innovation and technology in our state, it would be great to hear from you on how you see key health priorities here in Colorado as you're beginning your second term. Well, KP, first of all, thank you for the congratulations. Continuing from our first term, Governor Polis and I really want to keep working to make Colorado a happier, healthier, and safer state. Uh, We want to serve as a national model where we take bold action to improve outcomes and that we can measure those outcomes. So we're striving striving to update land use policies Uh, that create more housing options uh, for every Colorado budget. We know housing has been a big issue. We know homelessness has been a big issue. So we want to make sure that Coloradans can afford to live where they want to live, close to their jobs, to their children's schools, and close to efficient, low-cost transportation. So we also know that the cost of living has been uh, really high, and it's really forced Coloradans to choose sometimes between the care that they need Uh, paying for their rent or their mortgage or putting food on the table. So the nice thing is that in the past four years, we've saved people money on health care. We've reduced health insurance premiums. We created a Colorado option, which is a brand new health plan. We capped the cost of insulin for people that need that for their diabetes. We're beginning to pass pharma rebates onto the consumers. And then we're also increasing hospital transparency. We want to see where the high-cost drivers are in our hospital system. So, And we want to continue saving people money on prescriptions. Uh, we want to continue to hold the hospitals accountable to make sure that they provide care at the most cost-effective way. To do this, part of the thing that we want to do is make sure that nonprofit hospitals better serve their communities by putting what we call community benefit dollars towards the programs and services that their communities want and need. Uh, not what the hospitals think should happen. Right. Well, you guys have been busy. And I mean, as you as you mentioned, it's, you know, and as we've learned in the current context, there's so much more to someone's health care than just access to a provider. So, so important, whether it's housing or people's affordability, those kind of themes. So it's, it's great to see the progress being made there. I can't believe it's been almost two years since our last podcast together. Wow. One thing we talked about before was the focus of your administration on saving people money on healthcare. 
I mean, we understand that for so many reasons, this is a critical priority. Uh, maybe you can share some of the developments that you're most excited about as you continue working on that theme. You know, as I mentioned, we've saved people a lot of money on their insurance premiums. We've saved people money on their drugs, such as insulin. You know, we're working to bring down the cost of some high-cost drugs. But one of the things I learned from a previous job when I was at Susan G. Komen, Colorado, is that people get into financial ruin, basically, sometimes because of the high cost of health care. Right. Uh, we call that financial toxicity, mm-hmm. which is a term that not everybody understands. But that's when you're about to lose everything because you've got such high medical bills that you right. haven't been able to pay for. So one of the things that we wanted to make sure we addressed was this financial toxicity. So we developed a really innovative program that we are calling the Medical Financial Partnership Program. Okay. And it's a collaborative arrangement between healthcare providers and community-based organizations that provide financial services aimed at helping families address the financial security issues in a one-stop shop. So the program's just getting started, but it's things like, you know, could you have a different insurance plan, for example, that might pay for some of the high-cost drugs that the formulary you're, the plan you're on doesn't have in their formulary and things like that? You know, do you qualify for Medicaid, possibly? You know, different things like that. So we're excited to see this happen, and, you know, it's really hard to focus on your health needs when you're in debt and mm-hmm. worried about how you're going to pay your medical bills, and so... We're hoping to alleviate some of that stress also for people. Right. And I remember from our last conversation, some of the work that you and your administration had been doing out learning in the community led you to learn that people, for example, would split pills because they couldn't afford their prescriptions, right? And I remember that from when we last spoke and things like this really help put people on a better financial footing so they can get the care and the meds they need. Absolutely. Because, you know, cutting pills in half isn't therapeutic. And exactly. we want people to make sure that they get the benefit that they need from their prescriptions. That's great. So look, last time we spoke, we also talked about legislation. I recall when we last spoke, I'm not even going to try to name the bills, but there was a bill that launched the Behavioral Health Administration that you mentioned back in our last conversation. Um, There's a second bill around standardized health benefit plans to ensure all Coloradans could access affordable insurance. And that's what we had talked about before. Now, as you're going to this new administration or the second phase of your administration, um, what other legislation might you share with us that could support more equitable care for Coloradans? You know, since you and I last spoke, we've also passed some exciting and monumental legislation uh, in the past couple of years. I'll go ahead and rattle off the numbers for you. Great. Uh, KP. <laughs> Thank uh, you. House Bill 21-1110 strengthens protections against discrimination on the basis of disability. And requires web accessibility plans for each state agency, moving us more towards the Colorado for all that the governor and I talk about all the time. Right. I didn't even really understand the issues that people who are blind, for example, face because they can't access web pages and things mm-hmm. like that. So we have really done a lot of work there. We also passed House Bill 221157, and that requires our public health department to collect demographic health care data. Uh, including race, ethnicity, disability, and sexual orientation, and gender identity to address health inequities. And we're going to be collecting and displaying this data publicly so that we can reveal the inequities across our public health system and inform our planning so that we can really address these issues moving forward. And one of the most exciting things for me is that we hired a full-time staff member in my office to study and make recommendations around the impact of long covid on Colorado and Coloradoans. So 
we're the first in the nation to do this. And it's been amazing the work that he's done to collect data on how many people really have issues as a result of long COVID. Right. That's a huge issue. And it's exciting to hear about these bills. And I know we're going to dig in more on these themes, but you know, there's actually an organization I've been engaged with that is is actually founded by a young student, recent grad from from college who now is a professional and suffers from long COVID. And I think there's so many people in this country that are suffering from it. So it's, I'm glad to hear that that's in our priorities here in our state. Yeah, and we're trying to figure out long term what the costs of that are to our system, what it's doing to our workforce, because a lot of people have a difficult time working with their long COVID and you know, one of the women that we talked to that had long COVID said that originally, because we didn't have any treatments for COVID, people would die rather quickly. Right. And long COVID is more like a slow death. Indeed. And so I thought that was, it was very eye-opening. For eye-opening, yeah. No, no. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, so we have a, another guest with us today, a great friend and colleague. She's here with us. Her name is Stephanie Pugliesi. She is the director of the Office of eHealth Innovation in our state. I'm pleased to call her not just a colleague, but a friend, and I chair the eHealth Commission with her. She's here also to, to join this conversation around, uh, around how we think about equitable innovation in the state. So thanks for joining us, Stephanie. Thanks for having me, KP. We're going to switch things up today. So I'm going to pass the mic to the LG, and uh, she's going to help facilitate a conversation among Stephanie and I around some of the work we're doing in this state around equitable innovation. So over to you, LG. Thank you, KP, and I want to thank both of you for your work, first off. So, you know, I know that OHI and the eHealth Commission have been really busy working toward accomplishing the goals that we set forth in the 2021 Colorado Health IT Roadmap. And one of these goals, as you know, is advancing health equity, which we touched on a little bit. So, Stephanie, can you highlight the progress to date on those efforts? I would love to. Thanks, LG. Our latest roadmap has three primary goals focused on equitable access to health information, coordinated services through information and technology systems, and inclusive and innovative use of trusted health solutions. And we intentionally have digital health equity and inclusion as cross-cutting through all three of these goals and throughout the roadmap. We've made some great progress since the roadmap was released at the end of 2021. And as KP mentioned, we work closely with an advisory body called the eHealth Commission. And this includes information technology and other subject matter experts in Colorado. And they consistently support our progress in each of our initiatives with an equity-first approach. We're really proud of our state and community partnerships to move the needle on equity. We're currently working with our state health information exchanges and data analytics partners to develop a demographic data baseline for safety net facilities, similar to the charge in House Bill 221157 that the Lieutenant Governor mentioned earlier. And for those of us who don't track bills by their numbers, that is the one that requires our public health department to track demographic data. And so, as Lieutenant Governor mentioned earlier, we really cannot begin to improve health equity without understanding our current reality. So that's the goal of those projects, and we're really excited to start to see those, those results rolling in. We've also connected 98% of critical access hospitals and rural health facilities to the statewide health information exchange network, 
which means that we're reducing the gap in connectivity between our urban and rural facilities and really focusing to make sure that health information access is equitable throughout the state, not based on where you live, what you look like, and your healthcare provider. Right. So the last area I'll mention for now is that we're working closely with our state Medicaid agency to release $22 million in grant funds to support technology upgrades for behavioral health and home and community-based service providers. These providers traditionally have not received funding for technology, particularly from government entities. We've received an outpouring of applications to support this population. So we're really excited to make some great progress there too. And lastly, we are beginning work on our consent initiative with a foundation of equitable use and access. So again, in partnership with our eHealth commissioners and our lead for this work, Dr. Wes Williams, our team developed user personas. So we thought through how would a person coming from this background in this situation really approach this technology. And we thought through that from a couple of different personas who might use a portal to consent to share or not share their health information between healthcare providers. So you can check out more about that on our website at ohioehi.colorado.gov. Well, thanks for spelling that out, Stephanie, because I called it OEHI for a long time. (laughs) A lot of people do. (laughs) So, KP, I'd like to turn to you now. Um, OHI recently joined the American Medical Association's in Full Health Initiative. So, KP, can you tell us more about what this initiative is? Yeah, so the um, In Full Health Initiative is a is a community established through the American Medical Association committed to advancing equitable opportunities in health innovation investment, solution development, and how we purchase and source solutions. And in full disclosure, I'm on the advisory board of the American Medical Association, and I'm an advisor to this program. And when we worked on our refresh of the Colorado Health IT Roadmap in 2021, and we embedded health equity as a cross-cutting principle, it kind of became clear to me that there was a nice synergy between how we were thinking about our policy here in the state and this program. InFull Health has developed a toolkit for service providers and solution providers to, let's say, embed intentionality in how they design their solution so that their solution could serve the broadest array of people, right? So, you know, as we've talked about health equity before, it's not just about our racial ethnic minorities, it's about our rural populations, it's about our LGBTQ plus folks, about our people living with disabilities. How do we encourage solution providers from the beginning of their design process to think about everybody? Um, The In Full Health Toolkit and Principles give guidelines that folks can follow. And I think given the important work that Stephanie's been leading at OHI, it's a great opportunity to bring those principles into our state. Well, thanks, KP. That's that's really important. It's it's amazing how much goes on behind the scenes that nobody knows about to make sure that we get really quality health care to everybody. So right. I appreciate your work on that. Stephanie, I'll turn back to you. So building on KP's explanation of this initiative, can you tell us more about how this supports the Colorado Health IT Roadmap that we've talked about and your priorities as the lead of OHI? Yes. So as the first government partner to the Infill Health Initiative, we're absolutely thrilled to be learning from our partners and bringing the lens of state government and experience of working in government mm-hmm. to this community. 
My team and I have the fortunate position in the Office of eHealth Innovation and under the leadership of our wonderful Lieutenant Governor to truly think boldly and differently about our work in state government. And we really take this seriously, being the Office of eHealth Innovation, really focus on that innovation part. So our InFull Health Partners also bring their experiences, perspectives, and subject matter expertise to the table mm -hmm. and are really teaching us and allowing us to learn from them while we consider how we can apply these practices to our own work and within the boundaries of government work. Really also, I think, expanding our perspectives on how we work across public-private partnerships as well right. in this area, which is really exciting for us. And as we mentioned a few times, health equity is called out specifically in the third goal of our roadmap refresh. And we have, you know, really truly approached our initiatives with equity first. We also have specific initiatives focused solely on health equity, as well as partnerships and collaborations, including the Infill Health Initiative, to help us begin all of our work with that equity lens at the forefront. So when we lead with health equity as a first priority, we ensure we truly are building technology, directing investments, and supporting policy that will support the vision of a Colorado for all. Great. Okay, KP, I'll talk to you again a little bit about, um, you know, we've paid a lot of attention to health <clears throat> equity on mm -hmm. both the national and local levels. But how do you think we can move from talking about the topic to really sustained action where we walk the talk? Right. Important question. So I, I want to say that it starts with our internal teams. I want to really commend Stephanie for building an exceptional team that has been willing to go on a learning journey about what it really takes to do this equity work with intention. And so it really starts with leadership. And I think a lot of times when we think about health equity, we think about the populations we're serving, but sometimes it's not talked about as much what work is being done within an organization, within a commission, to ensure that we can all be on the same page and move with the same intention. So um, some of this to sustain it requires building diverse teams, ensuring that you know the leaders of those teams, in this case, Stephanie, um, she's been on her own learning journey and done training and work on this topic. She's helped her team learn about the topic. And as a commission, we've also brought in experts locally and nationally to talk to the commission about this theme. So I think that internal work is really important to sustain our objectives. Um, and then I think also, as, she, as Stephanie mentioned, the third goal of our roadmap is about equity. But beyond that, she's actually built a framework of accountability. So really looking at the work of the commission, the organizations that she's supporting with her team and ensuring that those organizations are doing the work and making them accountable. And so that's how we get the cascade of impact to the community. So I think it's important to do the internal work. Um, I think it's important to learn and have that type of culture. And I think you know, I just commend Stephanie for, for doing a great job. Great. Yes, she does do a really good job. And it's so important to have all those diverse voices at the table because if you're not from that culture or that community, you don't often understand what they need. So exactly. That's great. So, Stephanie, what are some of the biggest opportunities you see to enhance health equity and digital inclusion in our state? Absolutely. And thank you both. Uh, you both are leading by example in this area as well. So, back shouting out to you both as well. So I'm really proud of our partner state agencies for focusing on health equity in both policy and practice. 
uh, the lieutenant governor mentioned a couple of policies earlier in the discussion that will significantly inform our current state of baseline data and help us determine where to focus our efforts. I know the governor's office and other agencies and partners have also focused on including Coloradoans with more diverse perspectives and experiences on our leadership boards and commissions. So exactly as KP was saying, really want to make sure that we have that representation on those leadership positions. So this is vital to move the needle on health equity. If our leadership teams and voices remain the same as they always have, we will continue with the same inequitable outcomes. And as as definitely the three of us know, and probably all of our listeners know too, the COVID-19 pandemic really brought to the forefront the significance of the digital divide throughout the nation. Meaning a lot of us have multiple devices and consistent broadband connectivity to be able to attend to telehealth visits and work remotely and have our kids go to school remotely, but many don't. And I think especially in Colorado, we have such a difference between our urban and rural areas that it's important for us to know and to recognize that it is an equity issue. To counter that, in Colorado, many agencies are approaching this with really creative solutions from engaging community health workers to become digital navigators. So folks who are already working with community members, teaching them to help those community members understand how to navigate the digital world, to leveraging community pillars such as libraries to offer more digital services. And the governor has set a very bold goal of connecting 99% of Colorado households to high-speed internet by 2027, which is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And our state and community partners are already hard at work to meet that goal. From the Ojai side, uh, we have partnered with the Colorado Department of Labor and Employment, as well as the Broadband Office, to draw down significant federal funding to create a state digital equity plan. So that's already underway and including listening sessions around the state to hear directly from Coloradoans what they need to better participate in today's digital world. So lots of exciting stuff going on. That's great, Stephanie, because I know, you know, you can't have a telehealth visit if you don't have access to broadband and to even know how to use your digital equipment. Exactly. So KP, we've talked a little bit about social influences and determinants of health throughout this sprinkled in. I've also heard the term political influences of health. So what recommendations would you give to our legislators to help improve health equity at a systemic level and a policy level? Right. Well, I'm really pleased about the direction um, the legislation has been moving around data. So now that you gave me the number, House Bill 22-1157, I got it, requiring (laughs) our public health department to collect demographic data, including race, ethnicity, and other elements. Data is so important in this because, you know, I like to say we can't sustainably change what we can't measure. And if we don't know who these people are and we can't understand the nature of the disparities over time, it becomes hard to take sustained action. So I think anything we can continue to do to encourage our exchanges or any groups that interact with demographic data to make that more widely available is really important. We've got a great foundation. I think the other element is how that links to financial incentive, right? So if we can start to track this data, um, then our friends over at Healthcare Policy and Financing can consider what type of financial strategies could be put in place to help encourage people to reduce those inequities. And I think right behind this data work, that's the next area of legislation I think can be really exciting in terms of leadership 
um, at a state level here and federally. Great. Here we have a lot of good work left ahead of us. So, Stephanie, is there anything you'd like to add? Um, the only thing I would add is to really encourage legislators to listen to their constituents and subject matter experts in these fields and ensure that diverse perspectives are being heard and work with community organizations to create spaces where not only the loudest voices are heard, but all of the voices are heard. Right. All right, KP, so to close out, I know that you normally ask this question, but now we're going to put you on the hot seat. So I want to ask Uh you the question that you ask everyone else on the podcast. Why are you in on health equity? Well, man, look at how the tables turn. So it happens when you pass the mic by your own podcast. So why am I in on health equity? Well, I mean, frankly, you know, the way I see health equity is I see health equity as, as what healthcare should be about. So to me... Healthcare, healthcare access, and health equity are all synonymous. And I deeply believe that if we're working in healthcare, we have to be thinking about how to make things more accessible, more equitable. Um, and it's a deep life mission of mine. Great. And Stephanie, we'll ask you that same question. Who I should have gone first. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, from my perspective, without an intentional focus on health equity, will continue to build and enable systems that don't work for everyone and can even be harmful. I'm in on health equity because I believe in the power of community and collaboration to change the systems we've built and sustained for many years. And now that we've opened the doors for these conversations at the national, state, tribal, and local levels, I really believe that we're on the right path and excited to see what differences we can make. Great. And now I just have to say a big thank you to both the LG and Stephanie for joining us today. And you guys can't see this, but we are in the LG's office um, here in Colorado at the Capitol. So she was kind enough to uh, to share space. So um, it's been wonderful being here with you and Stephanie. And you're always welcome in my office. <laughs> thank you so much. Likewise. Thanks. Thank you for joining us at the In On Health podcast. For more information on this and other episodes, please search for In On Health on your favorite podcast streaming service. To learn more about the Colorado Office of eHealth Innovation, please go to www.oehi.colorado.gov. Until next time, this is KP signing off.